Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, in video glory, we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football back in studio, back with the simulcast on our YouTube channel. David, right there next to me. Even though he's sitting, I'm pointing the wrong way, but on the camera, he's right over there. I'm also like further to the side than usual. You're getting more of a profile angle. There's a lot that's weird today. Well, you're kind of facing not the camera. That's not, it's not like where well, you it's, are. So it's my unfortunate reality. I'm just going to move this monitor. How about that? Is that better? You uh, like that? Let me see. Let's see what you, yeah, that's fine. You can you see like the that? monitor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah look at now that. Now you can see what I'm looking at, the so it doesn't look so bearded disconcerting. glory. Yeah. Um, this is our, here, I'll clear this out. This is our, uh, there's our little setup. Um, but yeah, we're back. It's been a little while since we've been in studio. Are you like, <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll be able to put your comments and stuff up on the screen. If you're watching the simulcast on YouTube and if you're listening on the regular podcasting platform, we love that too. Um, questions or comments, you can email us packedfulpodcast at gmail.com. I think we got a lot of emails today. Uh, Mr. Woods, um, you can right. also call or text us at 424-532-0678. The Twitter is at, at Pac-12 Podcast. The website, Pac-12Podcast.com. Reddit.com slash r slash Podcast of Champions if you want to chat with other POC listeners. And, of course, the most important aspect, the Apple Podcasting app. Get on your phone. Get on there. Get the app. Boom, boom, boom. Punch it up and say five stars and then talk some trash to us, how ugly we are, how terrible our takes are. Whatever it is, we just want that five-star review. All right. We got a couple new ones. Ooh, Nice. This is from Funsies, a five-star review. Great flight tracking podcast. Found this podcast when I was trying to track an inbound flight to LAX. If you're waiting for an arrival into LAX on a Thursday morning, this podcast will let you know when it's on final approach. Nice. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, this is from BDBSS. Five stars. Uh, Abe Rabraham and Wade Dudes <laughs> provide the needed in-depth coverage each week to follow cursed fans of the Conference of Sun Bowl Champions. Gratitude is owed because my family will get the vacation they deserve this year from my <laughs> from my fading the buffs and cardinal. Peace to Durrell, hallowed be his, be his name. Their banter is also enjoyable as Abe's half-hearted concealed joy of the foretold rise of the, quote, team that shall not be named balances perfectly with the usual rightful self-hatred of Westwood Wade. As a fellow damned Bruin football fan, there's comfort in listening to Wade's yearly glimmer of hope and knowing it will quickly end in the familiar embrace of disappointment. Never forget Beban, underwear for all. This must have been written before UCLA beat that ass on Saturday, Ryan. <laughs> True. Uh, we're going to get to all that and stuff, too. Um, yeah, but really quick. You agree UCLA beat that ass on Saturday? Oh, they beat it to ass. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was uh, not yeah. as close as the... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, what was it before, like, the Washington game? I was talking to you, the UCLA-Washington game, and you were just like, 
yeah, these guys are out. This guy's not going to play. Blah, blah. Like it was like, you were pretty doom and gloomy. And now yeah. you're all like, woo. Look, look, I'm just a pure objective journalist and analyst. And when it's good, I say it's good. When it's bad, I say it's bad. Gotcha. That's it. Just pure objectivity over here. Nice. That's uh, a hard word to say. Objectivity. 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 Especially when you're live on video. and uh, I don't care. You're probably hungover, I would assume. Never. Um, should we show the mimosas we have? No, we don't have any mimosas. I wish we did. I wish we had mimosas. We do have a present. Um, yeah. Maybe I should put this up on the... Show it. Yeah. So, our friend our friend Andrew. Do you, do you recognize these? Yeah, our friend Andrew from PDog206 on Twitter, uh, Washington fan. I got lunch with him the other day, and he gifted us uh, these awesome, awesome schedule posters. He should sell these. They're very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know our rule about meeting people in person, right? We're not supposed to do yeah, that. Yeah, we're not but, supposed to do that. No. That's, no. Like, that's what the court had said. Yeah. No, they, they told me to stay 100 <laughs> yards away from anyone, actually. Yeah, it wasn't for our, our – it was for your protection. Yes. We're not, they said no one that listened to the show should ever meet the host because that's bad news. True. Not that we're worried about ourselves. We're about you guys. Um, wow, we got a lot to, uh, to get to. We're going to preview uh, week seven, but we got to recap – Week six, it is nice to be back uh, in studio. My apologies, and thanks to David for moving things around. Just been out of town most of the time during the week, so I can't really do these live. But, hell, do oh, it so, Monday. Sorry, were you thanking me for my flexibility? Yeah, very for, rarely. For the commitment I have to the show? Yes. For the desire I show to I think everybody sure knows. this thing happens every week? Everybody knows. Um, yeah. Everybody knows. They do. Uh, so let's get to – we can have some uh, – I don't know if it's really breaking news, but Carl Durrell still fired. Carl Durrell still fired. I, one of the things you worry about is like if you do the show too early, then there's like some someone was fired. And as of right now, uh, our buddy David Shaw is still employed uh, by the Stanford Cardinals, so we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so no firings yet. He's next, obviously on the but, chopping block. But finding very new and exciting ways to lose. You know if if you're trying to get fired, you're just like going down. What was it? The old Eddie Murphy. Um, line about like he's like you want to go to hell you don't want to wait in line you want to take the hell express like shoot the pope like something like that like you know david shaw is like i've done everything i can to get fired you know, like i go three and nine i don't fire a single staff member you guys still don't care i blow a lead i give up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to i a- just want that buyout i want to suck down pina coladas on a beach somewhere yeah it's like i can work three days a you know a year doing the nfl maybe network analysis has anyone seen what his buy like what his end of the buyout would be maybe stanford is just calling his bluff at this point one billion dollars yeah. <laughs> something like like maybe i who the hell knows with stanford but uh yeah so we'll, we'll get to all that but matt rule was fired uh, by the Carolina Panthers, and he had a. You know, Is he a coach somewhere? Uh, well, he could be because we have a couple of Pac-12 openings, and hopefully another one soon in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Matt Rule like took over a dumpster fire in Baylor. We have a couple of dumpster fires you could take over here in the Pac-12. Did he just create one though? It was NFL dumpster fire. You know, it's like I I don't judge against. The, I mean, I look what he did in college. Like he was great in college. Yeah, that seems to work out all the time. Uh, Chip Kelly hey, worked out well hey. there. Hey, I mean, just, Nick Saban just, just like, quietly sleep, sweeping the first three years under the rug, <laughs> dude, six and oh, come on. You got you on the bandwagon. Like he's got to be doing something right. It doesn't take much to get me on the bandwagon. True. You just got to win. That's uh, all. Nice. Um, let's see. Oh, Our friend the... Equity Bruin had a great line about uh, opinions and it's uh, 
you're more tied to my opinions than I am. Once they leave my mouth, they're gone. That's that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Pac-12 exclusive media rights uh, window with Fox and ESPN, that did close. So it's like that window was open and now it is closed. Open market for all the Pac-12 are you, are you inventory. Re- are you really sitting here talking about media rights right now? Yeah. Do you know how many people just turned off this show? I don't know. How I many people are watching? Two, two more people started watching, actually. Yeah. But Yep, see? But figuratively speaking, Ryan, I just turned off. I just thought, oh, maybe I need to check Twitter again. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, we have a comment. When will Ryan buy out Dave? Nice. I like that. Uh, no. Why would I? Like, that's there's no buyout there. Like, the, you know, you have to be worth something to have a buyout. Like, when you give Carl Durrell, like, a huge buyout, there's like, what? No one wanted them. Why would you do that? So. You're, you're implying worth for David, and that's just not the case, Carlos. So wow. sorry about that. Wow. Just, just being honest. Just truth. Facts. I'd be offended if I was paying attention to the first half of what you said there. <laughs> Go back and listen, which we know uh, you won't do. Yeah, so the media rights deal. So basically all that means is that Fox or ESPN didn't come and just dump a boatload of money on the Pac-12's doorstep. It's going to be open, and they'll try to get as much money as they can from wherever. Digital will most likely be involved, like an Amazon or something like that. Um, yeah, so trying to get the Pac-12 schools uh, their money. Uh, did you even look at our our ranking, our uh, POC power rankings? I, no, but I, I reserve the right to be offended. You can't. I they're pretty close to what yours are uh, that I saw you on Twitter. Oh, I but I saw you had to take the Homer route and put USC at number two instead of three. I the, see that the undefeated. T- yeah, you have yeah, to have yeah. the two LA schools. The at undefeated the top. team that looks like ass. Sorry, uh, no, that's Homer Dave. They, they don't look as good as they looked in the first three weeks. That's exactly right. <laughs> and they just. <laughs> Beat the crap out of a team that's really good that should have beat Oregon. So I don't know. I mean, like you're, yeah, you're. This is more of the Homer Dave thing coming. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Pure objective journalist. That's what I am. Right. Uh, if you are in the uh, survival pool, survivor pool, however we want to say it, uh, make sure you put your picks in there. We have the links up at uh, packfullpodcast.com. Uh, Dave is going with. He went with Oregon last week. Mm-hmm. He's going with Washington. This week, Matt sent us an update. He does a great job. Um, 83 entries qualified for week six. Only 59 survived. So it was kind of a, you know, there was some culling there. 21 picked a loser and three s- failed to submit a pick. How'd you make it this far and then forget to put a pick in? I don't know. But um, 21 losers. 15 picked Washington. Uh, they didn't That's win. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. They were favorite, right? But not a big favorite, small favorite, right? Uh, Utah. Four people picked Utah. Mistakes were made, people. Um, yeah. No, Washington was a big favorite, right? They were, Washington was. Washington, Utah yeah, that, was That not. one's a tough one. Yeah. Utah, not a big favorite. Um, so that's kind of... This one, um, Stanford. Two people picked Stanford. Um, if, Matt it was, says, if it was ATS, they would have been in great shape. Bold move, but... And then he's just like, F, 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 F. Okay, so, Yeah. Um, so he said, this is another hard week. Cal plays Colorado, but more than half the field has already picked them. Washington hosts Arizona, but same problem. All that leaves is USC, Utah, Washington State, Oregon State, and Stanford at Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, and who are you going with this week? I'm going with Washington. Okay, so you have Washington over Arizona. Okay, so yeah. you at least had Washington left. So smart. Uh, smart move by you. Yeah, like but there's that. a lot of people who've already picked Washington. Like a lot of people. Right. So this could be another um, sort of bloodbathy uh, 
performance, I guess, for, in our, our survival pool. We did, um, what's the, uh, what was our show last week? We did. It was a preview of week six in the Pac-12. I'm trying to say what date it was. I'm just like looking at, I know, like, you know, I haven't done a show in the, the uh, friendly confines of our studio for a little while. So I'm trying to get all this stuff together. All this technical stuff that David doesn't have to worry about because, you know. Because I'm, you know, the talent. He doesn't have to worry about all that stuff. <laughs> I do. Uh, okay, it was October 6th was our show. So I was just seeing. We got a bunch of questions and stuff to get to. So we'll get to all that kind of stuff too. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about, David, before we jump into stuff? We're going to talk about UCLA beating that ass though, right? We will talk about okay, that. Cool, cool. Um, as long as that's on the table, I don't really care. It's definitely, it's definitely on the table. Our picks. So it was a rough. Another well, two and three. Well, there's only five picks. Uh, you end up. We had the. We came down to the final game, the Oregon State game, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about, which mm-hmm. was crazy. Mm-hmm. Three and two for David. Two and three for me. I start off zero oh and two, so it was a pretty good comeback. That I had a chance to, um, to actually win. To, you know, go three and zero oh in the the later games. But uh, yeah, that was a definitely a tough one. There were some weird ones. You know, we got one completely right. We went together. We got one completely wrong together. And then all our stuff was all over the place. But we will get to all that stuff. But, yeah, we're both still uh, you know, securely above 500, but it's getting a little sketchy. 28, 22, and 1 for me. 29, 21, and 1 for so I'm So I'm ahead. You're ahead by a game, yes. Right. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. It was good. It was like you were ahead early. I took the lead. And now you've taken it back. But here so. at, this, at, this, you know, at this waypoint, at the halfway point in the season, I'm ahead. You definitely are saying. ahead, yes. Okay. Uh, which cool, is just good. as long as we all acknowledge that. Oh, you did? Yeah, and you're still available. You're still alive in the the, the survival pool. That means right. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I could get free underwear. You you already get that. Yeah, but I can get more. We're not. You're not eligible. You're just doing. I'm it ineligible. Fun. Yeah. Why am I doing this then? Do you know how much <laughs> effort it takes to remember to pick every week uh, for this show? Probably <laughs> more effort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So why don't we go through and hopefully you agree with our power rankings, David? Because I wasn't really sure. Um, what you wanted to do, but we got our number 12 team, Colorado Buffalo. Blessedly, we did not have to watch Colorado football. Best week. week of the year for Colorado. Well, the best moment of the year was firing Carl Durrell, but the best week of the best weekend of the year. Well, no, that's part of the co- cohesive week, right? They fired Carl Durrell. And then they just kind of chill. And then they chilled out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interim head coaches, by the way, were undefeated in uh, FBS this this uh, past weekend. So got to feel really good about Sanford's chances against Cal next weekend or this weekend. You think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Sanford, you got to keep that going. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to all this stuff. Okay, so our uh, number eleven team, Stanford Cardinal. They were hosting our number now number seven team, Oregon State Beavers. Okay, this was the funniest thing all weekend because all right, this game was terrible, like really awful to watch. Yeah, um, Oregon State's uh, Ben Goldbranson. Uh, if you look at his statistics, you're going to walk away and say, "Wow, he played pretty well." He didn't, really didn't. Uh, he's he's a backup's backup. Like he should not be he should not be asked to play right now. Um, they ran the ball okay, but they were down, um, geez, what was it, 14 points heading into the fourth quarter, um, and then I, I don't have the words to describe what happened to Stanford on that last touchdown. <laughs> um, Go Branson threw a ball that 
uh, I would say 60% of the time is picked off. Um, <laughs> but instead, the Oregon State receiver um, reached out over the Stanford DB, plucked it away from his helmet, had a safety behind him who should have tackled him, but the safety was so stunned by this event that happened in front of him, and I think didn't even realize that the receiver had the ball, that he just sort of let him run past him, and then he runs all the way to the end zone uh, for the touchdown. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a picture of, of that that the, after the catch uh, we have up there, if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, it was it was um, one of the most... So, so I have a little sick pleasure in watching this because I watched Sanford receivers make very similar plays to UCL against UCLA during the uh, long, long, long run of Stanford dominance over UCLA. So I took a little sick pleasure in it. Uh, but that was one of the grossest things I've ever seen happen to a team. Uh, Stanford actually... I won't say they played well. Nobody played well in this game, uh, but they probably played their best game of the season. Yeah. Um, best game against an FBS opponent this season. Uh, Tanner McKee, for once, seemed to have enough time to look comfortable-ish in this offense. Um, they're still doing that slow mesh thing. It still looks god-awful, but they were actually able to generate some yardage. Um, and Oregon State really struggled to move the ball um, for a long stretch of this game. It's just Stanford's cursed, man. Until they get David Shaw out of there, they're done. Whoa. Like, watching this late game, knowing that we were tied. So I'm thinking about the spread. Well, Oregon State was favored by seven. So the best shot I had was tie the game, win in overtime, which seemed very plausible. Like, if, if Oregon State came back and tied the game, I think they were going to win, like, by seven in overtime. And at least you get a push, and it would have been 2-2 and one for the week. They – so – Oregon State scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. First touchdown to cut it. Their long snapper was got a cut on his hand or something. So they go for two and don't get it. Uh, you know how many Jack Coletto runs were in that go for two chance? How many? None. Oh. Yeah. So now they're down by eight. Uh, come back, score again. Okay. Got to go for two again. Uh, obviously, you, you're going to hand the ball off to Jack Coletto, right? Like that's, Correct. Yeah, or just let him wildcat or whatever. No. No. Doesn't happen. Now you're not by two, and I know I'm screwed. Like, there's no way I can win. So now I'm only hoping for some way that Oregon State can pull off a miracle win. Stanford ends up kicking a field goal. You know, I think they were, like, reluctant to offense in the fourth quarter. They were just sort of going to wait, you know, let the clock run out. Because, you know, that's not something David Shaw's ever done before, right? He's never just, like, taking his foot off the gas and no, no, waiting for time to expire. Certainly not. End up kicking a field goal, and uh, Oregon State gets the ball back. That play you're talking about, 13 seconds left on the clock, like, you know, with a quarterback who may or may not be able to throw the ball through a doorway, <laughs> like, throws like from the, 10 yards away, like the last, <laughs> literally the last play of the college football weekend was like the best play of the college football weekend where nobody's watching. It's everyone's in bed. It's the best play of the entire weekend. And. Pulling it off a Stanford, the Stanford defender's like face mask. Another defender's there and like basically doesn't want to hit his own guy. So he's like, not, he's like, I'm not going to get involved. And, and it's like, you know, and then you see this just running by yourself where the only thing you could do is like, you know, give up a touchdown because you're down by five now. They're down by five. Like a field goal doesn't help. And boom, touchdown Oregon State. You score 18 points and game over. And the the few Stanford fans that were there were sort of like they should have been. I mean, they were kind of dumbfounded, 
but I think they should have been more. So like it just sort of was just like, yeah, you know, it was like the inevitable shit happens, you know, like, uh, I thought we were going to win. I thought we'd beat a FBS team for the first time in 10 tries. Nope. Make it 11. Guess we didn't. Oh no. Like literally Let's go have some brie. It, yeah. Like there should have been a lot more like surrender cobras and stuff up there. It just, I mean, the, they looked like, but it was sort of like disbelief, but believable disbelief, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, just sort of like, oh, okay, I guess that happened again. Yeah, like, ah, <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, of, of course we should have won, but, eh, you know, did I expect to win? No. Like Sometimes you get your still beating heart ripped out. It's okay. It was un, it was just like unbelievable. Um, yeah, I don't know, but poor... Poor Stanford. I, you, like I said, like if you just want to try to find ways to fire David Shaw, like this is got to be up there. Um, they're one and four now, and I mean, all right, let's, they're but let's let's just take a look at Stanford again. Let's okay. just go future schedule. Okay, Notre Dame, they're going to get like uh, smeared into a grease stain. They've got a chance to beat ASU at home. Going to get absolutely murder stomped. How, by how are they going to beat ASU at home? By the way, they could. I'm saying they could. I'm not saying they will. ASU played a walk-on quarterback and beat Washington. I know. I know. Washington's got some issues right now. Uh, They're going to get crushed by UCLA on the road. Um, They have to play Washington State at home. They're going to lose that game. They're going to lose at Utah. I see no reason why they won't lose at Cal. And then they get BYU at home. They'll probably lose that one, too. So one win. Like, maybe, maybe if you take all the last five games in aggregate, they have a chance in one of them. But three and nine at most. Which I think I predicted two and ten for the Cardinal this year. I think I did the same. Um, I mean, maybe. Like the question is, can they take over Colorado the twelfth spot? Like we've seen interim head coaches kind of do well. I just don't know if that's going to be the case um, here. But by the way, thanks to everyone for watching. I think we got like forty-seven people watching on uh, YouTube right now. Hit that like button. Smash that like button, people. Let us see that smash you smash like it. This. Smash. Right now it's got four. I want to see it at ten in the next thirty seconds. Smash. Do you understand me? Yeah. Smash the like and button. And there's a little bit of a delay, so I'm expecting it in forty-five seconds. Yeah. Uh, Matthew says Stanford hasn't won an FBS game in what two years? Yeah. So it's eleven straight losses to FBS programs. Yeah. So, an impressive string of anti-dominance. Yes. Like, as bad as you Dominant possibly, losing. Like, you were this bad last year, and you didn't make a single change to your coaching staff. You changed... You ran a, an offense that you've never run before, um, which, you know, to be fair, like, the offense looked a little bit better for a while, right? Like, um, Oregon State's just not looking good when they're not in Corvallis. But they found a way to win. I mean, that... Uh, <laughs> it was an absurd way to win, but they did find a way, and... You know, if they can get the quarterback position figured out, which I'm pretty confident Jonathan Smith's going to get competent play out of it. Um, they're four and two right now. Given what they've had to experience with uh, Chance Nolan deciding to throw like six picks and yeah. then Ben Goldbranson coming in and looking like he should also throw six picks. Not too bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's go to our next uh, game. We have our number. 10 team Arizona State Sun Devils <laughs> and they were hosting our number five team Washington Huskies <laughs> yeah did um did UCLA break Phoenix I think so oh my gosh um 
I've, ever since, to be fair, ever since you, well, we, ever we, since we, I we bought a, the shirt, and you, the picture of you, glorious beard, by the way, uh-huh. on Twitter, you know, holding up the shirt, mm-hmm. which basically was like an f you to everyone that was complaining about you were saying this and uh-huh. he's not going to like it and stuff. Like he made the shirt, dude. Like, th- like I literally bought the shirt he made. Mm-hmm. I'm giving him money for the thing, the joke, the bit that I like. I paid money for it, mm-hmm. and it's going to the kid. So. F off, everybody. Yeah, That's what you're saying. People, people but he's understand. been terrible since then. I know he has been. And it's really sad because I might have to stop doing the bit because it's <laughs> it's one thing to make fun of somebody who's good. Like we made fun of Jake Browning for so many years. Yeah. It's like, hey, he's really good. Like he's playing for a really good team. He's just got a noodle for an arm. <laughs> but like if he keeps playing like this, I can't keep doing name jokes at him. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, it's not really. Uh... Like I can do it at coaches who are bad. Like that's fine, but like name joking a guy who's like struggling out there—that's no fun. That's nobody's idea of a good time. Yeah, I. That, we'll get to the game in a second, but like even that, um, the hail mary. Yeah, it just—it looked like like you were throwing lefty, but you should have been throwing righty or something. It yeah, just kind of didn't it, make it. It doesn't it was, look good. I don't know if he's banged up or something too. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't look the same. Anyway, ASU beat him, um, and despite Emory Jones going out, uh, Trenton. Borget? Borget? What are we going? Borget. 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 Uh, he's uh, maybe should have been starting before this game. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Emory Jones hasn't been good at all this year. Um, no. This guy could actually throw the ball a little bit. Um, Valaday was great. Um, you know, Washington racked up a ton of yardage. I think, you know, it was, it, it, this was, you know, a close enough game. It could have gone either way, but at no point did this feel like Washington was a, uh, deserved 14 point favorite over ASU. I mean, they were down big at one point. Um ASU just controlled this thing offensively. Um and just kept Washington at arm's length more or less the whole way and then pulled it out in the end. Yeah, that was kind of brief, but go ahead. Um I would say you looked at this game early on and we both uh we got this one wrong. We had Washington uh trying to win by 14. Uh, it was 10-3 Washington early. You're like, all right, they're just going to kind of roll. And uh, Arizona State did not roll over. Um, targeting That targeting call knocked out Emory Jones. And you're like, okay, that's probably a bad thing for Arizona State. Nope. It was like it gave Arizona State a spark, you know. Uh, Penix had that pick six that was – it came off the lineman's, like, helmet. Like, he threw yeah, the it, ball. Yeah, it bounced off his helmet to, at such an angle, at such a perfect angle <laughs> – that the ASU <laughs> defender was able to get a full head of steam catching the ball and sprinting and just, towards the end zone. Yeah. Like, there's no one that could have made a play on that besides that ASU defender. It was the most unlucky place for that pick to fall. Yeah. Incredible. It was like skipping a rock off of a lake or something. Yeah. You know, like, you just like, Pew! and it went up in the air like, oh. So that was, like, kind of really weird. Um, Arizona State was up the whole game at that point. Like, they took the lead. They got the, you know, uh, Borgay comes in and... Um, but Washington came back and tied it with like 38 at uh, 38, um, basically using the run game. It wasn't as much in the passing game. Um, and then, you know, Trenton Bor- uh, Borgay's from Tucson, by the way, I don't know if you knew that three touchdowns. Uh, he was 15 of 21 and he had that game winning touchdown pass after Washington tied it. And if you watched afterwards, the locker room was like really emotional. You have, uh, Borgay, you have, uh, Sean Aguano, like the, you know, they, they gave uh, Aguano the the game ball and, you know, the interim coach getting his first win. Um, it was just a cool environment in that locker room. To get that win, you know, the players had heard everything about Herm and the 
NCAA stuff, to get a win like that over a ranked team, it's a real big deal. And you forget sometimes it's like these are college kids. Like props to everyone in that locker room. Uh, that you know they're thin in spots. There's all kinds of problems. A lot of guys left to hold it together and beat a team like Washington. Probably bet, like not as good as we thought they would be, but still, that's a huge you know a huge win there. Arizona State was really good on third down. It was like nine of thirteen or something like that. Um, you know, and then. And your boy Penix, like, he took a big shot in that one. Came back in the game. That was the other thing. Like, when he threw that Hail Mary, he had already been sort of knocked out of the game and came back in. He was really emotional after the game, too, and was talking about, like, you know, I'm going to practice this week. I'm going to play. He's just He seems like a warrior, but holy cow. Like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to, to go this week. We'll see. He just looked like he got hit pretty hard. And then, you know, afterwards it was kind of, like, questionable. Yeah, he got roughed up. But big win. Uh, I mean, Arizona State, we still have them 10th. I mean, I don't know where you'd, you know, they have a chance to move up, but this was uh, kind of an unexpected win, but, you know, big win. We are never going to pick an ASU game correctly ever again. Uh, We've been bad. We've been really bad on ASU. Yeah. Um, I think, let me pull up there. We've only gotten one correct. So if you're looking at... Yeah, we got the one correct. Um, you actually preseason picked Arizona State to win this game. I know, and that's the thing is, if I stuck with my preseason picks, I think I'd be doing even better than I am right now. Yeah, there's another one where you got you got it wrong, like preseason. But this was an interesting preseason one for you. So, uh, props to that. So right now, by the way, yes, for UCLA, I had them beating Bowling Green. I had them beating Alabama State. I had them beating South Alabama. I had them beating Washington. And I had them. Oh no, I did have them losing to Utah. Okay, never mind. I didn't have them right. No, you didn't have that one right. There was another one too. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm putting up some of these comments. That's great. Yeah. yeah that's good uh, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. You know, you got to do all this stuff, and I got to host things. Yeah, yeah. So our number, <laughs> our number nine team, Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> A little bit of bitterness from you there, I heard. Yeah. They were hosting our number three team. Oregon Ducks. As the great Steve Lavin once said, don't get better. Don't get bitter. Get better. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oregon uh, crushed the absolute life out of Arizona. Did we both get this one right? We both got it right. Okay. We This was like our right, 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 like no question. Yeah, this was. Look this, away shot. So we, well, yeah. there's that phrase that people like to use the uh you know um styles make fights um styles also make murder stomps and um <laughs> Oregon's running game versus Arizona's run defense was always going to be a nightmare for the Wildcats and it was um they so Oregon finished uh averaging 7.5 yards a carry they ran the ball 41 times for 306 yards and seven touchdowns um if they had never thrown the ball, not once in this game, they would have won it by three scores. Um, just th- there was no way Arizona, with what they've shown on run defense, was going to contend. Um, it was a close enough game in the first quarter, but um, you could already feel it at that point. Like it was just, it was way too easy for Oregon to move the ball. Um, Jaden Delora, I would also say, played his. Yeah, you know, it seems like it oscillates from game to game. Whether he's like lights out and awesome, or he's making mistakes and overthrowing balls, and he's got that kind of. He gets too amped up for games, and I think he was too amped up for this one. 
Like on the early drives when they maybe still had a chance to control the way the game was going to be played, he like overthrew two receivers um, and just didn't look right. Um, his feet weren't set. He looked like he was feeling the pass rush, but he also just looked too energized. Um, and you got to have calmness um, from from your quarterback, especially in those stages. Uh, but Oregon just beat the hell out of him. I mean, I think Oregon. You know, we've been we've been semi down on Oregon because of the uh, because of the forty nine to three loss to uh, Georgia in the opener. That did happen. But but since then they've been pretty much lights out. They're um, very good. And this game was pretty much lights out. You know, I think there's still some leakiness potentially defensively, but like I think every single one of the top teams in the Pac twelve this year, they're all leaky defensively. What they all have though are elite offenses, and I think Oregon is very elite offensively. They're very good. Um, that's funny. Bo Nix, we thought Bo Nix would be the roller coaster, and you know, Delora is definitely more of the roller coaster guy. Now he's not as good as a team as Nix, and you know, bouncing back from that 46 point beatdown, which happened, that's a legit thing. We've seen teams, you know, Georgia struggle with other people, but you know, coming out of the gate, Georgia was on fire. Um, unfortunate that Oregon really wasn't. It would have been great. Maybe if they played in week three, it would have been a closer game that Georgia wins and you know, there's there's that caveat. Like if Oregon goes on and like wins the Pac-12, like you still got that 49 burger you gave up to to Georgia that people are going to look at. Like, yeah, we're going to put the two-loss SEC team in instead of the one-loss Pac-12 team in. Um, but yeah, this was – and it was another – the first sellout for Arizona. So this was a home game for Arizona. First sellout since 2015. Uh, Nick's, you mentioned, um, he had three touchdowns, not throwing, on the ground. Yeah, no, he maybe gets to reclaim his name. He might be Bo Nix again. He's Bo Nix. He's yeah. no longer no Bix. Uh Three rushing touchdowns for him. Um, Jaden Delora, he had to throw that ball. So, like, the ball, you know, him putting his arm back, ball leaving his hand uh, 42 times in this game. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot you got to do. Uh, 241 yards on those attempts. So, that's not a, a very efficient day um, throwing the football. I thought Oregon's offensive line, um, you know, they played really well. You get the, Obviously, when the run game's going like that. Uh, and the defense played well for Oregon. You know, they they were they looked very active. I mean, just early on, you just were like, I, you know, there's a lot of stars on defense. We just weren't really seeing it. it seemed to come together. Um, you know, it's, Again, but like they they look better because Arizona had to go one dimensional very early. Yeah. Um, you know, when it's twenty eight thirteen, and then they pour on twenty more twenty one more in the third quarter, you're throwing all the time. Yeah. Um, so you gotta. There's caveats with the Oregon defensive performance. There's still some leakiness. I mean, when when Arizona was able to run the ball, they were actually running it okay. Yeah, and I think Oregon's secondary is not great, but they, you know, they were limiting what Delora could do. I think it was five point seven yards per attempt. Um, but there, you know, there's other sec- there's other passing games that are going to probably give that Oregon secondary some problems. But thought the front front seven played well. Fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, so our number, so that was what we had Arizona. Our number eight team is where are they? California Golden Bears. Didn't have to watch that snooze fest this week. No, it's so funny. Like you get the forty nine points one week, the nine points the next bye week. Let's see what we got, and then you get right against Colorado's defense. Boom. <laughs> Uh, okay, so our number seven team, we already talked about. Our number six team, Washington State Cougars. <laughs> Sorry, you get the meow. And then our number uh, two team, USC Trojans. Yeah, I thought um, 
Overall, uh, so USC won 30-14. to 14. I thought it was another kind of underwhelming performance from USC. Um, I think defensively, it's a little bit deceptive because if you watch this game, so first I would say Cam Ward wasn't good. Um, he was under fire a lot, and so, but the thing that... You, the thing that I'm actually realizing contextualizing it with UCLA is so much of being under fire as a quarterback has to do with you and not necessarily with your offensive line. He's processing things really slowly. Um, it just, it, I, there was at one point in this game in the second half where it looked like he was running the slow mesh because it was just happening so slowly in the pocket. Um, and so he was under fire a lot. He's taken 20 sacks this year now. Um, and I think that is holding the offense back. Also, uh, when he wasn't processing slowly and he was getting the ball to his receivers, there were like, I don't know, three or four just out and out pure drops by guys um, in in the uh, in the receiving core for Washington State. Um, so I think there were some caveats, but I do think USC's defense played pretty well. Um, I don't think it was a great performance, but I do think they played pretty well. It's funny that Cameron Ward has like uber patience he was in the end zone on one play and it ended up being like a a pitch everything is like slow like he takes his time like when you're in the end zone like that i I give him credit for that because it's like he was like in the end zone and like sort of waiting to see what's happening slow pitch out and the guy gets out of the end zone and and doesn't get safe but you're playing around in your own end zone like it he has uber patience well it's too much yeah and i think it's i think it comes down to slowness like i think it's like he's not yet and it, maybe he'll get there. I mean, I think he's what is he? Is he a super sophomore? What is he? I forget what he is. Something no. like that. Anyway, um, uh, maybe he'll get there. Uh, processing time speeds up as you get older as a quarterback, but it's not there yet. And I think that leads to a bunch of the sacks he's taking. I know the offensive line has some issues, but I think that's a big part of it. And then offensively for USC, and I know this is rated as one of the better defenses in the league. Um, they should still be blowing them away um, to a much greater extent than they were. Um, USC's receiving core, speaking of drops, there were a number of them by yeah. the receiving core. Um, Caleb Williams still doesn't look quite as sharp as he was looking at the start of the season. Um, I think, again, and this game, I thought they did a much better job of it. This running game, basically every week, has produced, and Travis Dye is looking like every bit the guy who should have been starting over C.J. Verdell for many years <laughs> at Oregon. Uh, he's really good. Just hand him the ball um, and let him do some work. Uh, they were able to control the game on the ground. 40 carries uh, for 181 yards, you know, kind of workmanlike, but they did it. Um, but still, not what I not what I was thinking. I, it, this didn't feel like a game they even should have covered. They did. But with the way both teams are playing, it was actually pretty even for most of this game. And then USC, you know, ended up putting it away in the end. Yeah, I would say in this one, um, USC's offense hasn't been, you know, the run game has been good. Travis Dye. What like twenty eight carries, hundred forty nine yards, touchdown. He was a, he was a stud. They kind of got away from it. I feel like they were trying to force Caleb Williams into being more comfortable. Now the offensive line is banged up. Um, they put, had a third string left tackle in for a little bit. Put my comment up there. Where's your comment? Um, no, okay. You Perfect. see it? Yeah, see yeah it? it's up there. Yeah. Okay, good. So you were responding to the other comment. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Um. Yeah, the the passing game was a little clunky. Like he would miss a receiver or the receiver would drop the ball. They could rely on the run game though, uh for sure. And then when you you know, if you look at the the defensive side where you were talking about, they give up two touchdown drives that were like back to back. One of them was when their best defender, you know, Kalen Bullock goes out for a targeting. There were two targetings in this one that were like I don't think anyone was trying to 
do helmet to helmet contact, but it just whatever they happen to call can, can it. We, can, we, can we break down the targeting on the Cam Ward scramble where the offensive tackle, was it a guard or a tackle? I think it was a guard. Offensive guard um, uh, gets called for first a blindside hit, which was if, if a guy is facing you, if he's facing you when you hit him and you can hit him in the face mask, guess what? It's not a blind side. There hit. was a lot of referee problems. In oh, this one. the referee. So there was that offensive PI on Jordan Addison in the end zone that was horrible. Yeah. Then there was the PI that they called on um, on Wazoo that was horrible on that same drive. Yeah. Um, and I want to say, was there what was the other? There was like another phantom call on that same drive. There were well, the two targeting things were just sort of like what, and then you're ejecting players. Um, there was one where I think that it might have been that targeting call, or there was another one where it was like a third down play, and they redid the third down, but then the the referee announced a second down, and then they didn't take the yardage off. Like there was all this stuff. They were just like the the referees were dominating the game. Yeah, and it was just like this there was is the Pac-12. Lot- this is why you don't like the Pac-12. Like. There was a lot of that across across the slate of games this weekend. I thought this was the weekend where it looked like the refs were just, oh no no, we got to get some FaceTime this weekend. Um, but this game was egregious. I mean, it was it was significantly worse than the other ones. Um, and w- what did we finish with? Yeah, Wazoo finished with eleven penalties for one hundred and six yards. Yeah. And watching it, I was like, they're not playing sloppy. Like it's they're playing pretty good defense. It shouldn't be that. Um, you know, uh, and USC had five for 50, you know, I would probably have taken away that Jordan Addison, uh, offensive PI, but otherwise, okay. But it's still just like, we don't need to see that. Yeah. The, the referees were dominating in a really competitive game. There shouldn't be 106 yards of penalties for one team. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of it. And then, you know, getting the, you know, having to review or even there was penalties that were declined because, you know, there's just too much crap in this game, but over, I mean, I don't want you to poo-poo. Like the USC defense, people say, oh, the first and turnovers. No turnovers in this game on either side. Uh, they gave up the two touchdown drives in a row. Completely shut out Washington State in the second half. 49 passing yards for Ward in the second half. This is the number one scoring defense in the Pac-12 right now, David. Did you know that? The number one scoring defense. Who have they played? Which, Washington which, State. Like, what, what, what top offenses have they played? I mean, Oregon State was good when they played them. Washington State. How, how many interceptions did Chance Nolan throw in that game? He threw four. I think he was throwing even more. Um, yeah. So they played Fresno State. Uh, Jay Kaner got uh, destroyed in like the first quarter. No, it wasn't the first quarter. It was in the second half. And then the, the backup comes in and was like 11 for 12. Like it's, you know. Oh, man. You, they've you, been allowed, terrible you allowed a backup quarterback who lost to frigging UConn right. to they go 11 They have the number one scoring defense in the Pac-12. Okay. The best turnover margin all right I mean, I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm excited like, to watch this weekend against utah yeah so th- okay uh all right let's see we've got we talked about what is that noise <laughs> there's someone like drilling or something here at least it's not airplane it's like flying. the moaning of a giant who just got like an enema yeah <laughs> we already talked about washington okay our number four team utah utes uh, they had to go to the Rose Bowl to take on our now new number one team. This was, team was like, we had like nine, like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> number one with a bullet. N- number one. UCLA Bruins. <laughs> UCLA beat that ass. Uh, no offense to our Utah friends. Uh, better luck next year. Uh, 42-32. UCLA back on top of college football. Um, they're uh, pursuing uh, and going to destroy and defeat the ghosts of 1998. Um, they're going to be number one when the first CFP rankings are released at the end of this month. 
Oh. You know, they're going to be uh, riding high. 15 and 0, baby. Um, yeah, so UCLA beat Utah 42 32. Uh, the reason it's 42-32 is because Dorian Thompson-Robinson, in an effort to humble himself, threw a pick six uh, to close the game out. Um, he just, you know, he's a man of the people. Um, it's sort of like, you know when the ancient Roman emperors would have their triumphs after uh, their great um, victories on the field of battle? They would come back to Rome. Or the generals uh, would have their triumphs, and then they would have somebody whispering in their ear, uh, you know, glory is fleeting. Um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he can do that to himself. He he threw that pick six simply to humble himself, <laughs> because right now he's basically like a, he's like a Caesar. He's like a Cincinnatus. Hmm. You know, he's out there uh, just dominating everyone, treating everyone like they're just hordes of uh, Franks or Gauls. Um, and it's uh, it's it's frankly breathtaking to watch. Um, he should be leading all Heisman votes. Uh, you have a Heisman vote. You should be voting. I for do tomorrow. Wait, we don't, we don't vote tomorrow. No, we just put it in. Put it in. <laughs> Um, he's, uh, he's thrown 15 touchdowns, uh, two interceptions this year. Um, this game, he had five incompletions in this game. I can recount them for you. Two hit Jake Bobo in the hands. One hit Michael Aziki in the hands. One was a throwaway and the other one was a gift to Utah to humble himself. So that was completed. Yeah, it was completed and hit, it hit Clark Phillips in the hands. Let me tell you about that. Um, uh, Zach Charbonnet was really good. Um, I would say UCLA, generally speaking, uh, was was pretty lights out offensively after the first two drives. Um, and then Utah, they – what it was – so they were able to move the ball. And if you look at the total stats for this game, it's a little bit deceptive because Utah was able to move the ball. It's just UCLA was playing bend but don't break pretty damn well. They were tackling really well in the back line. So every time Utah was driving, it would take 8 to 11 plays to get down there and score, whereas UCLA – like they were scoring, like oh, here's a 70 yard touchdown. Here's 49 yards for Zach Charbonnet. Here's 44 yards. It was just a battle of explosive plays, and UCLA came out way ahead. Explosive plays have been a problem for Utah more or less all season. I think without Keithy as a downfield threat, um, and it's weird to say your tight end is your downfield threat, but without him there, um, Utah lacks a little bit when it comes to explosive plays. Um, I liked a lot of what they did though. I thought Tavion Thomas was really good. Um, for maybe the first time this year, I thought he was really good. Um, looks like he's come all the way back from some of the off-field stuff going on. Um, and Cam Rising is a beast with his legs. Um, he almost single-handedly got him back into this one. It was 28-25 at one point. Um, you know, UCLA squandered an opportunity at the Utah 3 um, towards the end of the first half um, and then had the pick six late. But um, Utah was in striking distance at different points. It just couldn't force a stop. Um, if Utah had been able to force a single stop in the second half, this game might change complexion entirely. They just weren't able to do it. And I think it's a testament to UCLA's offense. I don't think Utah's defense is bad. I think they're not as good as they've been in recent years, yeah. but I still think they're pretty good. I think they're one of the top probably three defenses in the league. Um, UCLA's offense is just playing at that level right now. The response, like, cause Utah would, you know, Utah's a good team. And when they would score, the most impressive thing was just UCLA would respond. It was basically like, oh, Utah, you have a little momentum, and you're like, nope, we're going to push you back. Uh, we're going to put some more points up, and now you got to do it all over again. And I think it can be a little demoralizing sometimes. So that was great. I mean, the way UCLA was, you know, moving the ball, you know, Zach Charbonnet, Woody Hill, almost had 200 yards. Um, so efficient for DTR. I mean, he was making things. I think the compliment, like when you were talking about like USC's offense early in the season, Things were looking easy. They don't look as easy right now the way they're playing. With UCLA, like, you know, they go through the the preseason 
you know, where you're not playing all your starters, <laughs> things are looking easy. Like it just looks like things are working the way they should. And when it does, when you do that in college, like, yeah. And this is a good, or we thought good Utah defense. We'll see this week, you know, if they can bounce back, but um, yeah, the, the fact that UCLA was making it easy uh, when you have wide open, wide receivers that helps uh, DTR for sure. And it helps those efficiency numbers. Um, you know, rising had a couple of really nice, you know, running touchdowns, but that fumble was, was a brutal one. Uh, but when you're asked to do all that much, um, you know, it's tough if you got to like uh, rely on your quarterback's legs, cause that's going to be a lot of your offense. Uh, I don't know if you know, the Bruins are 11 and 0 when Zach Charbonnet goes over hundred yards. So, um, they get him going. It's hard for, for the Bruins and, and Chip Kelly to lose. And we got to talk extension, right? We have to, like, are you so? When do you get the point when UCLA's winning? Aren't you happy that Chip Kelly's there? Like, is the joke go away so, now? So here's the thing, and I'll give you the true and honest thing, which is one. I am pretty unhappy with the wasted first three years, two and a half years of the Chip Kelly tenure. Right? Yeah, we get finite years on Earth. Right? Wasting a couple of them just so you can like build a program in the wrong way and then you get, you get bailed out by the transfer portal. That sucks. It wasn't fun. It was not an enjoyable experience. I didn't I didn't like it. However, if they have a really good year this year, yeah, I'm going to be leading the bandwagon. I don't care. I have no like no dog in the fight really from like a I need to be right perspective. I'm very comfortable being wrong. All of you people out there know I'm very comfortable being wrong. I mean, I'm almost always I'm almost always wrong on this show. The experience you have is totally fine. Yeah, but like now, oh well, they're really good. What am I going to do? Sit here and say they're not? Um, No, and it's fun. It's enjoyable to watch. Um, The offense is gangbusters, and the defense is, you know, uh, not great, but it's got a pulse. um, In the same way, in the same way that Oregon and USC. The defenses aren't great, but they all have a pulse. Yeah. Like, they all can make plays happen. They all can do some things pretty well. They have, like, an identity that they do some, yeah, like, some things that they'll do well. That Yeah, you're going to get gassed here or there, but there's things you're going to do well, like, you can rely on. It's not going to be, like, um, one of those teams, like, some, I don't know, Sonny Dykes Cal team where they just can't do anything (laughs) defensively. Like, they all, like, UCLA, if you let them mess around too much they're going to get some big sacks because they're you know their defensive ends are really good yeah you know usc if you let them mess around too much that athleticism in the secondary is going to take over they're going to catch some picks they're going to do some things um so there's just uh you know there's a lot of uh you know uh quality i think to those defenses even if it's not necessarily the most efficient defenses uh no no g on there says the first three years were preseason so do you like that no 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 No, we're never getting that time back, guys. <laughs> ever, we're never getting it back, and it was brutal. But I mean, if they if they suddenly start winning, am I going to belabor those two and a half years? Probably still for a little while, but not forever. Nice. Um, I lost my questions for some reason. Okay, uh, so those are that's our recap. Oh, we didn't do our um... Pac-12 roundup. Since we got the board here, we got to do the Pac-12. That was it. Um, Awesome. So let's go through. We're going to preview all of our games for week uh, seven. So this week um, we have buys for, uh, what's it, UCLA? UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona State. Arizona State's on a buy too. Okay. So I, yeah. I missed that one. All right. So we have, I added it for you. Thank you. But you still Did you actually confused. do something? Yeah, that's right. So, okay. So we got. I copy edited your doc. And this is, I just get ridiculed constantly. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so five more games this week. 
and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's go to our first game. We've got California Golden Bears. Off a bye, taking on Colorado Buffaloes. Also off a bye. 11 a.m. on the Pac-12 Network, Cal at Colorado. Uh, Cal's 3-2. and two. Colorado is 0-5. Um, Cal's a 15-point favorite. So we're starting to test my willingness to go with my guns on yes. Colorado. Because 15-point road favorite Cal just doesn't sound right. Like, that does not sound good. I'm taking Cal minus 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've thought... Okay, so... The good part is I thought about taking Colorado. Like whenever I'm It's look- at the point where I am thinking about it. Yes. Which weren't before. Correct. Both teams coming off a bye. Mhm. Cal 49 points, 9 points. You know, uh this is we've seen interim head coaches get a jump. It took Arizona State a week they you know they just laid an egg the first week and then they played well against USC and lost then they won you know so built something there can you do that at Colorado they're I don't know if Mike Sanford's going to be someone that they rally around I mean he's new you know he's not I, I, so, he's also not good well he was fired the year before from Minnesota he's one of the worst coaches and head coaches in Western Kentucky history hmm I'm taking Cal. Uh, don't really love going on the road. Don't as, love 15 points at all, but I got to do no. it. Got to do it. Yeah, there's. I don't think we have a choice. Until Colorado beats a spread, I cannot pick them to beat a spread. Right. I think that's, you know, you said they were inching towards, closer towards the spread. They were within one score of the spread. I'll say this. I won't be surprised if they cover Right. this week. Um, this is the first week where I will not be surprised if they cover. And, you know, Cal's got a range. You know, they could be pretty good and they could really suck ass right so there's a range there and colorado is their range is very low but they could pump up you know with the interim head coach for whatever reason after the buy i mean who knows like there's 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 a lot of swing in this one but i'm just i think i'm taking you feel safer just not being on on call wanting that you know hoping colorado swings up yeah, you know absolutely it could happen but i don't want to like be banking on that or, or just no no, no. We, we don't bet on colorado anymore no Okay, uh, next up we've got Arizona Wildcats. On the road, taking on Washington Huskies. 2.30 on the Pac-12 Network, coming right after Cal and Colorado. Uh, Arizona 3-3, taking on Washington 4-2 in Seattle. Washington is a 15.5-point favorite, uh, which feels crazy. Um, Here's what Arizona's done this year. Mm. they played great against San Diego State, played like big ass against Mississippi State, played great against North Dakota State, played like big ass against California, played great against Colorado, played like big ass against Oregon, playing great against Washington. I think so. Uh, I'm taking Arizona plus 15 and a half. Um, I think this is a better matchup for Arizona than Oregon was, even if you take away the talent differential. Yeah. Um, Washington isn't a great running offense. That's Arizona's great weakness defensively. Uh, Michael Penix is not playing well of late, um, so he's not going to be able to take advantage, I think, as much of the Arizona secondary. And Arizona's offense, that pass-oriented attack, should find some favorable matchups in that Washington secondary. I like Arizona to cover at least. I do too, and I'm not sure if if Penix is going to be healthy for the game. Um, I think Arizona can play well. 
on the road. Keep it close. Like if this was, you know, 13, I maybe go, but like to be more than two scores, like Washington's got to be on and Arizona's kind of have to be like a little, butt. and I don't think they're going to be a little, I think there'll be a feisty team on the road. Could they go up to Seattle and just lay an egg? Yeah. We, I mean, this was a one 11 team from last year, but I just think they're going to be, it's going to be closer. Washington's sort of like licking their wounds. Sometimes you go back home and, and you play really well. Um, but the way the things kind of ended in the desert, I, I, yeah, I'm going to take these points here. Um, that's just, it's just a lot for an Arizona team that I think has closed the ca- talent gap a little bit. And like you said, the matchup with Washington, I think is better than the one against Oregon. Yeah. All right. Uh, our one out of conference game this week, people have been asking you to do the uh, sound effects. You're at a chance to do one here. Um, we've got our beloved, our very own Stanford Cardinal on the road, taking on the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Get your hands off me, pot of gold. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It wasn't Irish. Uh, 4.30 p.m. on NBC. Uh, Stanford going to Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's a 16 and a half point favorite. I'm taking Notre Dame. Um, how's Notre Dame been looking? Let's see. They got a lot better. Uh, yeah, like sight unseen, I'm taking them. Um, oh, they only beat BYU by eight at home. Uh, beat North Carolina by 13 on the road. That Cal game. Have they gotten a lot better? I don't know about this. Uh, I'm still taking them because Stanford's butt. But um, they haven't really beaten anybody by that many points. I mean, they were close against Ohio State early on. Uh, like Ohio State's worst game was like their whatever, 11-point win against Notre Dame. I feel like they're going to sack Tanner McKee about nine times. That's the thing. Um, I feel like you're going to take advantage of some of the stuff that, you know, for Stanford. Like, I think we have to understand, Stanford is not good. Like, they are not good. They played a little bit better against Oregon State. That was at home. They're going to be on the road. You can be able to bounce back from that heartbreaking loss. Like, I hate this amount of points, but, and, you know, in a Notre Dame team, they might just, like, get up by 10 and sort of stay there. And you could see that happening where, but I don't think, I think this is a double digit win for Notre Dame. I don't know if it's going to be a piling on win and that's what you might need to, to cover the spread. That's, You're taking Stanford. No, no, oh, I'm taking oh. Notre Dame. Oh. <laughs> taking Notre Dame. No, it's good. They're going to win by double digits, but like it could be a comfortable, just like, we're not going to like pile on double digits. I like that. We get the extra half point for the 17 point win. Cause that feels where it is. 17. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right, we'll take that one. Uh, okay, next up, uh, are they the only ranked? These yeah. are the only ranked games. Okay, um, the the highlight game of the weekend. We got number seven, USC Trojans, on the road taking on Utah Utes. Five p.m. on Big Fox, number seven USC at number twenty Utah. Utah's a three and a half point favorite. Uh, give me the Utes. Obviously, um, but here's okay. When was the last time USC won in Salt Lake City? You got that anywhere? I, I don't. No, I don't happen to have it up. Like as you asked the question. Um. All right. So USC lost in 2020. USC. Oh wait, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. No, USC won in 2020. Yes. Look at that. Hell yeah, baby. I think I was there. Damn, were you? I think so. Who knows? I forget when I'm there. Uh, before that, 2018, got their ass beat. Uh, 2016, got their ass beat. Uh, 2014, got their ass beat. 
and I'm saying got their ass beat. They lost by three, I think, each time. Right. Um, okay. Let's see. Those 20, are Clay Hilton teams. This is Lincoln Riley teams. Hey, 2012. 2012, USC won. All right, so basically the COVID year was the one time USC uh, won those right. in the last decade. Um, I think, so Utah, uh, my big takeaway from the UCLA game is that they're still a very good team. Um, I think their offense can take advantage of um, sometimes undisciplined defenses. Um, I think Cam Rising's really good. Um, I think um, their receiving game is still really good, even without Keithy. Um, Kincaid's a really tough cover. UCLA covered him well, and he still caught everything. Um I think Utah is going to be able to score a lot of points on USC. Um, and then the question is whether USC can keep up. Um, and I don't know. A lot of, of opinions, including my own, were formed about USC's offense through the first you know three games of the season. Last couple have not been those – have not looked that way. And even if you go back and reevaluate the first few games, um, second halves have been a little bit – are they really trying to dial back or is the offense a little inconsistent? Um, and that's the question. Uh, I don't, I think Travis Dye is going to be able to have a good game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, but I don't know about that passing attack versus um, the Utah secondary. So I like Utah to actually win this one by like 10. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take SC. Uh, uh, Utah's going to beat that ass. Boone. There you go. USC's four or two against the spread. They're getting points for the first time. More than a field goal. I'm definitely taking uh, USC, I could see USC going in there and, and laying an egg and, and Utah winning by 10 points. I could definitely see something like that happen. I think it's more likely they've showed a lot of resilience um, to just be in the game and figure out a way to win at the end. You know, they they did have no right winning that Oregon State game, but they, they do what they need to do at the end. I just feel like they're going to do that, where even if Caleb Williams isn't on throwing the ball, he takes off and runs, whatever he needs to do, uh, they can rely on Travis Dye, uh, in the run game, we'll see how healthy they are. You know, Jordan Addison got banged up a little bit in that one, uh, but it was you know to see Mario Williams kind of play the way he did, have a couple of huge drops and then two great touchdown catches. They just they got the weapons. They're not clicking on all cylinders. It's a flawed team for sure. But at the end of the day, like they hold people to you know fourteen points, seventeen points. They give up some big gash plays that you're know, like, oh wow, that looks bad. We have USC fans just complaining about the defense, and and like they are literally the number one scoring defense in the Pac-12. I'll be surprised if they hold Utah under thirty. I, I, I think they will. Um, we'll see. Now, USC hasn't turned the ball over at all. The one turnover all year. Um, you know they could turn the ball over a couple times in Salt Lake City. It's going to be a tough place to play. Um, but yeah, I'm. You know, I I think get just because you're getting that many points, uh, I'll take USC. Knowing they could go in there and completely lay an egg. All right. Uh, we got one last game. So that's the only one we picked differently so far. Last game, we've got Washington State Cougars. <laughs> on the road, taking on Oregon State Beavers. I have zero feel for this game. I mean, the fact that it's in Corvallis, where Oregon, Oregon State's a lot better. Yeah. But. But they didn't they look have good at who's all. their quarterback? Yeah, is is Nolan going to be back? Is it Golbranson going forward? And like when I picked this game, and I is the, Nolan any good right now? I picked Oregon State last week, not knowing that Nolan wasn't going to play. You know, you're like crap. Well, now we, we I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to pick Oregon State just because of the home thing. Um, and I think, um, you know, I, but I don't know. 
Washington State hasn't really impressed me. A lot of people are walking away impressed by that defense, and I think it's pretty good, but I don't it's not like it's it's not even as good as that Washington State defense that uh Grinch had whatever five or six years ago. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's it's you know decent enough. Um and I think Oregon State can scheme some offense. The thing is, I think Oregon State wins this by three. I don't like I think that's what it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be like twenty seven twenty four. So yeah, anyway, give me Oregon State. The um so last year this was Oregon State. Where was that one? That I th- I kind of remember something about that game last year. Oregon State um so Washington State won 31-24. Um and I think I think we both picked Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, we were wrong on this one. I, because I don't know, and I'm getting the points. I think I'm going to take Washington State, even though it's on the road. Uh, just getting three points there. I just, I feel like coin flippy. So, field goal, I'll take it. Um, so give me, uh, give me the Cougs. And uh, but no, no feel whatsoever. Just I like how you're comfortable just picking against me to just fall further and further and further behind. Yeah, well, this, I get these two right, then I move ahead by one again. So that's nice. Yeah, but I. So here's the thing. On the merits, Washington State should have covered last week. Like, that was a much closer game than 16 points. So, really, mm. you're 0-3. I mean, this is no, going to be the third loss. They, they right covered here. the game. Yeah, but they shouldn't have. And that's well, the most important thing to remember. Well, we also know that Oregon State shouldn't have lost to Stanford like that. So, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. They should have. You know, they won that game. That, was a, that, they, that, that should count just coming back and winning that game. Mm. Yeah. No, I don't so, think so. So, again, it goes the other way. So, I would be ahead. No, no, no. I don't yeah, that's so. the way. That's exactly how that would go. So yeah. we should actually just go by the Bill Connolly post game win expectancies and let that be our guide instead like of the no actual longer, results. No longer the actual results, just the win expectancies. Why would we want results? Yeah, nobody wants that. Um, we got people in the chat saying uh, Washington State win and covers. Ward is going to have a breakthrough game this week. A lot of people very hopeful. Um, I love it. Ryan says complete toss up, but Washington State's offense will most likely really struggle just being in Corvallis. That's it. I mean, I, that's that's a fair point too. Yep. Um, yeah. Goofy Dave is the greatest. I agree. Oh, I'll put that one up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why don't we take a quick break and we will come back and uh, start answering your questions back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Where'd you pick that thing from? Uh, I don't even know. It was, uh, I think, oh, it's, um, 
you have royalty free music so you can't play stuff that you know so you can i bought like a cd or something way back in the day that had like a bunch of like free drops you know free things on it so you get little riffs or whatever and uh yeah go to town like that way um let's see we had this was from i think friday okay so our first one is uh from linda uh penix hello i think the intentional mispronunciation of Penix's last name is immature, rude, and uncalled for. Please stop. It lessens the credibility of the podcast from Linda. All right. I'll break it down sentence by sentence. Yes. First sentence, absolutely correct. Yes. It is immature, rude, and uncalled for. Very much. Back half of the thing, sorry, I can't. I'm trying. I'm really trying, but I can't stop. Well, Nor will I. It, to the, I don't think you can lessen the credibility of the podcast, to be fair. No, we're already we're already basement level. Yeah. Um, Linda, and and we already talked about this, but he is literally selling a shirt that makes fun of the pronunciation of his name, the player himself, Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. Penix. Big Penix energy. He's selling a shirt. David bought it. He's embracing it. So I, I get that you feel that's immature, but the person whose name it is decided to put his name on a shirt selling the fact that it could be pronounced a little pronounced a little differently. Hey, we, so, we can pronounce pronounce. Okay. Pronounced. Yeah, we can do it all here on yeah. POC, including pronounce it Phoenix. Yeah. Uh Equity Bruin asks, thoughts on the rehearsal? Uh so the rehearsal was a is a show on HBO. Uh oh. starring uh Nathan Fielder. Um I watched one episode and uh turned it off and never intend to go back. So you're a fan. No, um, I found it so it's uh, essentially. I don't know if it's exactly uh, cringe comedy, but it's this um, sort of deadpan absurdism. Um, okay. But the idea of the show is basically it's a show within a show, almost, or at least that, that's the impression I'm getting. I, I have no patience for this kind of thing, but it's um, essentially he's setting up for these people who are like socially awkward to rehearse social situations before they then go have the social situation. But the rehearsal itself is this absurd, like, exact um, replica of that situation. Um, like, so this the initial episode is a guy who wants to uh, rehearse telling people in his trivia group that he is not actually a college graduate, I think it was. Um, or, no, not getting his master's. Okay. And so they set up an entire, like, replica of the bar where he's going to tell this one person and then they get this person to match her personality to that person so that he can rehearse the entire conversation and all derivations of this conversation. It sounds terrible. It's so it's really like people have really enjoyed it, I think. Okay. Um I, I watched one episode and um wanted to reclaim my time. Um I, I wanted to take it back for me. Okay. Uh because I found it um really unenjoyable to watch. Okay. So those are my thoughts on the rehearsal. Never saw it, don't have HBO. Uh, doesn't sound like something I would like, but Phil on the comments, he said, uh, it's incredible. So many unexpected turns. So we have at least one fan of the rehearsal. Damn. Uh, Kurt wrote in a Bruins dream result. Going to live in a world where Bruins are on top for the next two weeks. Which of the following dream results would best propel UCLA out of the malaise of mediocrity for the future? So he gives three scenarios. One, UCLA makes the playoff and gets pasted by Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. 
Wow, bold pick, Kurt, thinking that Dorian Thompson Robinson's getting pasted by anybody this year. Mm. Uh, Wait, hold on. Oh. Okay. UCLA wins the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. DTR wins the Heisman. Uh, team stuff over individual accolades, so DTR winning the Heisman is out. The question is whether UCLA makes the playoff or UCLA wins the Rose Bowl, really, for me. Um, and in that, um, going and making the playoff. Really? That gets you more juice. Because uh, you've... You've experienced a lot of Rose Bowl wins in your lifetime, right? So you, that's like old hat. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to leap across the table and murder you. Um, <laughs> I have. I have. I experienced one. Like, think about how regularly UCLA was winning. I experienced one a month and a half after my birth. Let's not talk about when the next one was. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, if, you're, if you're, By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, thanks uh, for sticking with us. Uh, put question in there, and we'll try to get to a couple of your questions after the email questions, too. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, was that it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going makes the playoff. What do you go with? I think makes the playoff too. Yeah. I think it's just UCLA hasn't made the playoff. People ask about USC. I'm like, yeah, try to make the playoff. I don't care if you get pasted. Like you've never done it before. Make it for once and then try to you know build on that from there. Um, but USC's won a bunch of Rose Bowls and UCLA hasn't. So I don't know. So it could be a more of a toss up for there. Jay and NY uh, shared a lovely little thing with me, which is the box score for this past weekend uh, between Illinois and Iowa. Oh my God. Finished. It was nine to six. Finished nine to six. Um, at one point, how many? There, there was a drive. There were, okay, in the, in the second half. Ready for this? Yeah. It went punt, 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 interception, punt. Pretty awesome. That's awesome. I was uh their bigger scoring drive was the offensively goes backwards, punts, fumble, they get the ball back, go backwards, punts, and then like go backward, they fumble again, fuck uh, get the then kick a field goal after going backwards. Like it was a scoring drive that went backwards. Like if you married Iowa's, two Iowa's offense this year to Colorado's defense, you would have the worst team in the history of college football. Yeah, it's literally like the worst offense you've ever seen. Yeah, and, um, and, and by nepotism. contact, by contact, they are making every other offense horrible too. Like Illinois, like their passing attack was horrendous in this game. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, Jay. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Very good. Um, I think we got Michael in Seattle next. Hey, Ryan and Dave, I'm usually one for long emails, but I'll try to keep these questions shorter this time. Would love to hear your opinion on how each team would change if they lost their starting quarterback in the next couple of weeks and had to revert to a backup for the remainder of the season. Bo Nix at Oregon, Michael Penix at Washington, DTR at UCLA, Caleb Williams at USC. Okay. Which team of those four would see the most severe and rapid descent to Stanford level ineptitude, I'm assuming Colorado is in a league of their own at this point. Okay, so um, Bo Nix, the uh, backup, is a former five star who nobody thinks is good enough to play. Yeah, so that's not good. Uh, Phoenix has Dylan Morris behind him, uh, who at least has started games at the college level and has looked mm, okay. And I think he'd look better in this offense than he did in. Uh, anything that um, Jimmy Lake or whoever was running before. Um, Ethan Garbers uh, has started a game. I haven't been super impressed, um, but he's been decent enough. USC's backup right now, is it Miller Moss? Miller Moss, yeah. Who's not a lot of experience. He had like one touchdown in a game last year. He played like at the end of the season when uh, Slovis was out or Jet Dart was out. 
All right, I'd rank it. Uh, UW's got the best situation with a backup. Uh, UCLA's got the second best. Oregon's got the third best. Uh, Oregon or USC, it's the same thing. Uh, both former highly touted guys who haven't played really at all. But I would say who is relying on the run game more? Oh, well, that's a good question. I I, th- I thought this was more just about what would their passing game look like. Um, just uh, uh, Maybe just offense in general. Like how... Well, UW would then be the worst because they, so. they yeah. rely so much on the passing game. Yes. Um, and then I think UCLA uh, UCLA and Oregon would probably see the least drop-off. Well, no. I think they're all pretty similar. I think they're I think, close. I think yeah. they're all pretty similar. So I don't know that there'd be... Because like UCLA can run the ball, but DTR just makes so much of that happen with... So UCLA his- might be in the best shape then because I think Ethan Garbers is probably a more... I don't know. You, 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 there's more tangible to hold on to based on what we've seen so far than with um, Thompson or Oregon or uh, Miller Moss at USC. Yeah. All right. And he says, Dave, if you recall, you were super critical of the Adrian Clem hire at Oregon, yet their offensive line has given up one sack through six games. Is this what we should expect at the beginning of his tenure with a long, slow, frustrating migration towards mediocrity in years three or four after his recruits are filling out the line? Is he getting a lot of credit? Uh, is he getting a lot of credit? A res- is is he getting a lot of credit? A result of quote good Bo Nicks or an upperclassman led offensive line that is stacked with guys Crystal Ball and a- Alex Mirabel recruited, or perhaps it's more highlighting uh, of how terrible Moore and his staff ran the offense in Westwood the last three years he was there. I honestly don't know what to say about it since I was probably the most risky of the hires that Landing made at the time. He hired a staff and has worked out to date better than anyone would have expected. Michael in Seattle. I don't. Uh, maybe I was. I don't remember being super critical of Clem. Um, I think it, you're getting a two-edged sword uh, based on my experience with him at UCLA. He's a really, really good recruiter, but there was some criti- uh, critique of him as a um, developer of talent at UCLA. Um, and so I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit. Clem used to complain a lot about Brett Hundley. Um, as a quarterback, that mm-hmm. he was creating a lot of the bad situations that the offensive line was put in. Um, and I don't think that's wrong, and I think Bo Nix is probably helping um, that situation a bunch. Um, I think the experience probably helps. The offense might be better and different than what UCLA was running. There could be a lot of reasons. Um, I, I think the main thing you were getting with Clem, though, was you know awesome recruiting, and I think he's started out doing that pretty well at Oregon, too. So... Yeah, yeah, good for him. Um, I like Clem a lot, uh, personally. So, very good. All right. Um, I think we got two more. Got a bunch of spam. Uh, I got rid of some of the spam. This is from Paul Webfoot. Chip Kelly replacement. Hello, champions. We all love to tease Dave about extending Chip Kelly with some insane Jimbo-like contract, but I have an honest no-sass question about firing him. Firing Chip Kelly, not firing Dave. Extend Dave. We've seen quite a few examples of teams firing coaches who had consistently good seasons that don't meet the lofty expectations of that team based on previous performance, only to see their replacements absolutely torpedo the program. Gus Malzahn didn't deliver Auburn to the promised land, but he kept them at a good to great record and was no stranger to beating Saban. Now look at what Auburn is doing. Nebraska has made that mistake at least twice this century, and there are plenty more examples as well. Dave, are you confident that UCLA will actually upgrade if they fire Kelly and hit the open market? All the love, Paul Webfoot. So, all right. I'll give you a no sass answer. It depends on what your impression of the UCLA program is, um, because the what Chip Kelly produced through the first three years was nothing like uh, anybody who has a historical perspective beyond 
I don't know, 15 years thinks that the UCLA program should be. Like they shouldn't be, they shouldn't ever be going three and nine. Like it, it and this is where like, I think I'm going to appreciate this season, but there's a very good chance that this season is actually like, uh, you know, when the stars align and Minnesota's really good one year because they've got a fifth year quarterback and a running back who unexpectedly returned and a bunch of transfers in who can immediately play. But there's a very good chance they drop back to something like a six and six team next year. Um, and there's a chance they might not. I'm not a perfect prognosticator, but my question has always been, is that the program that people want, the people who are, you know, actually in the fan base want UCLA to be, um, do you want to be Minnesota? Because that's essentially what UCLA is recruiting. Like, um, the advantage of being at UCLA is the proximity to top tier high school talent and in numbers. And he hasn't been taking advantage of that. He's still not. Um, and so, it's just a question of what kind of program you think this should be. And if this season is gangbusters and super elite and it's the best season in UCLA history, um, you know, they might win 11 games this year. Uh, it's on. It's certainly in the possibilities now. Uh, that'll be the most wins UCLA's ever had. So there's no arguing with that. It's just a question. If that turns out to be like you get a peak every four or five years, like one of those Big Ten teams has to build through development and all these other things, is that good enough? Um, and is the peak always going to be this high or sometimes the peak not going to include Dorian Thompson Robinson and it's going to be an eight and four year. Um, so anyway, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of a nuanced thing and more about, um, really super long-term perspective, which honestly, I'm not even preferring right now. I, I, I'm not going to be making those arguments. It's just, since you asked me, I'm going to tell you, um, because it's a lot of fun to watch right now. Uh, what they're doing right now is a ton of fun. And, uh, I think, you know, UCLA fan base just, you know, get in the moment and enjoy it because, you know, these, these kinds of stars don't align that often. Oh yeah. Definitely enjoy it. Like if you're having fun, teams winning, don't worry about all the other stuff. Just enjoy it. Like we only get 12 games a year, right? Yeah. Enjoy it, man. Well, in, the fun. Sa- in the same way that we wasted you know, wasted precious years of our lives in 2018 and 2019. Preseason. Yeah, don't waste don't waste this 2022 season feeling bitter about what Chip Kelly might do two years from now. Who cares? That was all preseason. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I, I'm going to, like, have to think about it because it's part of my job is to analyze this to death for all you sickos out there. <laughs> but if you're just a fan, just bask in 2022. You don't get that many years of watching this stuff. Um, yeah. And if it brings you some joy, let, let this season bring you some because it's going to be... Um, even if they go up there and lose to Oregon, um, they're still going to be in the conversation for the Pac-12 championship, and there's not a whole lot of all losses left on this schedule. They could lose two more games, Oregon and USC, but if they lose any others besides that, it would be a real shocker to me. Yeah. Um, so that's a 10-2 and two regular season. Pretty I mean, darn good. Yeah. yeah enjoy with, this. With more upside, yeah. yeah. One last email, and then we're going to get to some Twitter, I mean, not Twitter, uh, YouTube questions. So put your questions in the... Chat box if you're watching live. POC Musing Ducks fans. Hi, Brian and Dan. <laughs> uh, with saying, quote, good teams win, great teams cover. Is that meant to apply? Is that meant to apply to only the winning team covering the spread? Or is it an offhanded way to give a nod to a loser beating the spread? Because if you bet on a loser, the team is still, quote, great for beating the spread. I almost only use it for the latter, um, right. for a team that is um, just getting its ass kicked, but does a back end, you know, backdoor cover. Backdoor at the cover end. thing. Um, that was Cam Ward against Oregon, and it was sadly not Cam Ward against USC. Uh, he had the ball. He had the ball with about a minute to go, and he couldn't do one thing for me. 
No. Just get the ball down the field and they score. They did score in the second half. Yeah. There yeah. was no backdoor cover there. But yes, like it's uh you can be you can be a good team by winning, but it's great if you keep it close yeah. and cover when you're the you know. great teams understand the points that matter. Yes. Okay. Good teams they're worried about winning. Great teams understand the most important thing is winning for the boys in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, are we tired of Ducks fans yet? They sure came out of the woodwork after going into hiding. Do we agree that they're the most obnoxious fan base in the Pac-12? Amazingly, Ryan Ryan single-handedly skews the Trojan fan base out of first place by being a likable Trojan fan. Even the, quote, way-too-loud Darth Vader drop is forgiven. I haven't of played course. that in a while. I'll play. The, I'll, I'll be playing the hell out of that if they win in Salt Lake City. So but I haven't played it for a while because they just haven't been. They haven't been the the Death Star. They've won. They've you know covered some spreads, but uh-huh. they they haven't been. They haven't been the Death Star. They go to the Utah win. Death Star's coming back. Yeah, I would say um, USC when things are really good and they're really rolling, which isn't even yet. It's like once they've won a national championship, those fans because they come out of the woodwork, like they come out of the like you know tangential fans like they're basically like lakers fans who just decided to hop over for a little bit those ones are the worst they're absolutely horrible but i've got a i've got a nuanced answer to this one okay it's cal cal fans really they don't exist anymore okay um they are extinct um but uh it's sort of like um anybody seen ryan ryan the last dragon no it's sort of like those beasts. You're, you're asking like yeah, yeah. anybody. There's uh-huh. only me in the room. It's sort of like those beasts that are held in sway by the like the the dragon, the last dragon's uh, magic. Um, they're always waiting to come back out. And if you remember 2005 or so when Tedford was rolling, there was nothing more obnoxious than the Cal fan base. Um, that they've been mediocre and non-existent for so long is a blessing, given how they behaved from like basically 2002 to 2007. Cal, they're the worst. Cal, I, I mean, I'm probably go up there with, or I'd probably agree with the Oregon stuff. I think it, the, the Pacific, you know, there's some people that don't like the Washington fans, but the the chip on the shoulder thing, like to be fair, like they a lot of USC fans don't even care about the other programs. They're just like it's like maybe that's what's obnoxious is like they don't even give a crap. Uh, like about what's going on. I had a friend like was she's an Ohio State fan, and she was like, "Hey, I'm going to come to this tailgate. Is it okay if I wear Ohio State stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, no one's going to care. Like if you wore like UCLA gear or Notre Dame gear, they would care." But it's like, eh. Um, there's not. There's a lot. Of, there's kind of an indifference with a lot of USC fans. They're just sort of like we just think, you know, we we th- we're worried about ourselves, not worried about you. I think with Oregon, there's more of like you're trying to project on like we're the you know we're the class of the conference now, and so I think that's where you get the obnoxiousness. There's like this kind of chip on the shoulder thing that you're trying to prove something. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's definitely part of that. Um, I think my favorite fan bases right now in the league are probably Washington. I think Washington's pretty fun. Oh, someone's going to get mad at you for that. Yeah, I like Utah fans, uh, the ones we interact with anyway. No, they've Um, been been cool. But they're um, definitely – there's some brutal – I mean, uh, Stanford's fan base, um, their entire fan base produces that picks – spreadsheet for us they do that um, was really nice of them. so that's very nice of them uh matthew is his name the zodiac uh, killer zodiac killer we like him um yeah yeah i mean there's there's a lot of good um there's plenty of good fans like all over the place and yeah you know it's hard to like categorize it's you know who's bad or good or whatever uh, and i like a lot of our duck fan listeners yeah like there's um, some really good ones like knowledgeable guys and stuff 
Um, cool about the Monday show. One thing I've noticed is that there's almost no college football podcast early in the week, making me listen to the inferior or quote non pac 12 ones until Thursday, Friday when they all drop, but life intervenes and we might not have a chance to properly digest in time for the moment that Saturday morning action starts at which time the previous week's podcasts are instantly moot. What I'm trying to say is I think you get a lot more listens if you, uh, dropped earlier in the week, even just one day earlier and selfishly. I would be able to listen sooner uh, and to the entire thing. Thanks for all you do, Brew and Rick. Yeah, I think um, our schedules have been a little bit topsy-turvy. Um, we might be able to move the show to an earlier day of the week. We've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we'd both prefer to get this out a little bit earlier. It would certainly make my end of the week a little bit less crazy because I'm usually having to write a preview for UCLA, and then I have to do a bunch of crap on thursdays and fridays so it would be great i think if we could do this a little bit earlier it's just scheduling has been tough yeah it's been a little tough you know we've both had a bunch of things going on let's do a couple of questions from the chat uh aaron said let me put this up for you guys sorry uh for dave chances ucla builds on an an uh excuse me chances ucla builds an on or near campus stadium in the next 10 years no zero so, okay, so you're saying there's a chance is what you're saying. Yeah, where was Aaron's? I didn't see that one. Is it really high up there? Uh, it was it was a while ago. I've started, so I'm, I'm like, bringing Oh, you're back. going down. All right, so I'm yeah. going to start from the bottom up then uh, on oh, questions. Oh, okay. So well, here, I just pulled one up. So, Alan, did you have the Alan's? Oh, okay, fine. You do them then. No, you no, I just, questions. I already, no, no, go I already for pulled it. it up. Who cares? You ask all the questions. Question, agree or disagree? Lincoln Riley has been holding back plays and formations for bigger games. I mean, I don't think you call every play, but I don't know if you're holding anything back for like, I mean, they were in dogfights. So I, I think if you're trying to get through now, Chip Kelly does that. I don't think, I don't know if Riley does. It's not that Chip Kelly does that. It's that Chip Kelly um, changes so much from game to game that it almost looks that way. But okay. he's creating like, it's basically like boutique, like offenses for every single week. Like gotcha. that's probably the differentiator that he's produced at UCLA is like, Okay, well, this week we're going to throw that out, and we're going to do this entirely new thing. Um, nice. So that's been uh, kind of his his thing. Hey, you read the question, and I'll pull it up. So whatever one you pick. Oh I'll... God! Now I gotta now I gotta look again. All right. Um, this is from Turtles Are Good. Okay. Question: Would UCLA be in the same spot had Dylan Gabriel uh, remained committed? No, no. Everyone. Uh, Turtles are good. No, this isn't directed at you, but everyone needs to really get on the uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson train. Uh, there's um, he's bad, are you saying? Or there's maybe good? there's maybe two quarterbacks in the country who are playing as well as he is, maybe. Um, and I think the only one who actually has a an argument for better right now is C.J. Stroud. Yeah, Stroud's like uh, he, Stroud doesn't have his best wide receiver. Yeah, uh, he's playing the best. So I was making this point in the post game broadcast, but um, he's playing better than Josh Rosen ever did in a UCLA uniform. And I think he's right now playing better than Brett Hundley ever did. He's definitely better than Hundley, I think. Yeah. Um, Like you have to go back to like one of those crazy, you know, stretches for Cade McNown to find a quarterback who was playing better. Um, And even then I'm not sure um, because he was never running the ball like Dorian can. Um, It's, it's otherworldly. Everyone should start to appreciate it. No, no quarterback that you dumped into this offense would be playing better right now. Do you want to do Zach's? He was a kind of follow up to that. Did you see that one? Um, no, I got it. So, which round are you taking DTR in the draft? Has he established himself as a draft prospect? 
I have no idea. I don't. I don't. I don't do the NFL at all. Um, I think he should have. Um, so I think the knock on Dorian would probably be uh, the issues he had prior to this season. Um, some accuracy stuff, probably still. Like you need to see a larger sample size of him just hitting guys on time. But most of that stuff seems like it's gotten solved this year. Um, yeah. He's going through progressions. The dumbest thing I heard from an announcer, and it reflected maybe some bad, bad scouting by the Washington defensive staff, was referring to uh, Thompson Robinson as a one-read quarterback. That's not him anymore at mm. all. Um, and I think Utah had the same sort of idea about Thompson Robinson, and it burned him badly. I saw your tweet. Yeah, you are like, they're defending like 2019 DTR. Yeah, well, because they're trying to blitz him, and they're trying to get him rattled, and he's just still, okay, calmly go through this, dump it off to this guy. He's going to have a 70-yard touchdown. Um, yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to hit my hot route because the blitz is coming. Like, just calm and he's hitting everything on time um, and he's not having to throw deep to do it. Um, and people are like knocking him for that. I'm like, yeah, it's cause he doesn't have to. Yeah. Um, he's hitting a lot of dump offs or going big because he's hitting the right guy. It's not, he doesn't need to throw 30 yards downfield to get a 30 yard completion. Um, yeah. And he's understanding that now uh, playing at a super high level. EVS says Ryan and Dave, who loses first dollar sign C or UCLA. Well, USC, because it's this weekend and UCLA doesn't play. It's a good question. Um, so it's either basically like, do you think they're both going to beat Utah? Yeah, which holds serve in their tough road game, basically. Yeah. But USC has a I, – I would say I'm going to go USC just because they play first. Like, both teams could lose, but USC is going to do it first if they both lose. Yeah, even if you have USC, Utah's a 50-50 game, and then UCLA-Oregon in a couple of weeks is something close to a 50-50 game, it's just one of them plays first. Yeah, so I'll go with that. And then uh, no G, screw Mary, uh, ends up on Alabama coaching staff. So it, it, was it screw Mary or kill? Is that the? I think he means fuck Mary kill. He's just being uh, right, but he didn't put British. kill there. I think he just put screw Mary. So screw Mary kill is the the game. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, fuck Mary kill. But instead of uh, fucking Mary, it's fucking Mary. But then also the the final one for kill is ends up on Alabama. Oh, okay, staff. all right. So that's the thing. Herm Edwards. David Shaw, Carl Durrell. Mm. Got to fuck Carl, right? He's a good-looking guy. Uh, I don't know. David Shaw's pretty... Yeah, but if you marry David Shaw, you're getting taken care of by a Stanford grad. That's true. So we'll marry David Shaw. And so... But who would be better on... I think Carl's more of an Alabama coaching staff. Yeah, but are you wanting to fuck Herm Edwards? No. No. I mean, he's, he looks good for an old guy. I guess Herm would be like one of those analysts that's just sort of like on yeah. Saban's staff. All right. Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. Um, nice. Uh, let's see. Oh. Do we have anything else? I think we are good. Um, yeah. I think we got all the all the questions in there. But thank you, everyone, for watching us live on the YouTube channel. We're back on that. Hopefully, we'll continue to be back on that. My apologies. It's all me. Like, I've been out of town, so it's hard for me to do this stuff uh, remotely. Because, you know, David can't come into the studio. Like, if Dave was remote, I could come in the studio and hook it up remotely. Like, he's incapable, so he can't do that kind of thing. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, unless a, I'm here. drive by here at the end of the show. Unless I'm here, we can't, you know, it's just not possible. We could try to do something, like, just with our phones or something. I don't know. Um, but Maybe we could do something with Twitter spaces, Ryan. You, should, you know, I did one. Um, college football Reddit, yeah, if you heard of them. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. Apparently, I'm a big deal. Yeah. I don't know. I was a guest. Yeah, I didn't get invited. Did you? They didn't ask you? No. 
No. Well, is, is UCLA undefeated or something? Or? They, they are. They well, are. You would think. Yeah, it's almost like there's a there's a generalized bias in favor of USC. Right. Yeah, I could put in a word for you if you want. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. You sure? No. I don't want it. You don't want <laughs> Actually, I kind of don't because I don't want to have to make the time to do it. <laughs> it's so funny. Like uh, 247, they were like, eh, you want to be on the college football daily? And of course, I don't respond until the morning of. And I'm like, eh, actually, I'm doing stuff with my kids. Can it be like 1 p.m.? They're like, no, I guess we'll get you next time. <laughs> next time, yeah, you see always 6 and 0 and undefeated. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Like they actually plan stuff, so you can't. Yeah, they're just, trying. They're trying you can't just to just walk yeah. in. Like, like, oh yeah, I'm here. Do you want to do it now? Like, no, we've already moved on. Like, you didn't respond three days ago, so <laughs> we've we've got somebody else. They was like, you just wait around for me. Can you just wait? Just no. When I respond, if I do, if I do, <laughs> and like they tried to reach out via Slack, they tried to text. Oh me. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was a band. They could have asked me, and I'd be like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. You know? I have this one thing where like, hey, I have a pile of money for you, David. And he's like, yeah, I didn't bother to respond, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, it's I got a, I got that pile of money. Did you? Yeah, nice. nice. Yeah. Are you going to put it on uh I might, I might put it on Utes, yeah. Nice. All right. Awesome. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, that is David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. We can show you guys the uh, the full studio. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.